Welcome to the Big Ideas for Small Business podcast, hosted by fellow small business owner, Tim Hayden. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Big Ideas for Small Business podcast. I am your host, Tim Hayden. Hey, I'm really excited to have Randy Gravitt back with us this month for part two of our um, leadership series that we have. And today we're going to talk about um, talent and how do you attract good talent. But before we get going, Randy, uh, welcome again. If you will, give everyone a quick, um, just a quick intro to, of yourself. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be with you guys again. I am a leadership coach, speaker, trainer. I have a company. We work with uh, high-performance organizations trying to help them get better. And, and so I'm excited to be here today. I've got a wife and four daughters who are uh, – the girls are grown but we, and a couple of son-in-laws. So, we're yeah, we're real excited to uh, to uh, be with you and, and – uh, these, these big ideas for small businesses. It's, it's cool. So this it's is exciting. Anytime I get to talk leadership, I love it. Yep. Now, hey, and, and one thing for our listeners. Uh, so your company name is Integrate Leadership, correct? Integrate Leadership, yeah. That's right. Integrateleadership.com. They can go and find out a whole lot of cool information about you and what you can offer. If anyone's interested in diving deeper with what, you, what you're doing, what they learn. Integrate, I-N-T-E-G-R-E-A-T. Like great, high performance, great. It's not, it's not the traditional spelling so integrateleadership.com yep that's good hey so today is a part two of our series with you and today i mentioned earlier is about talent how do you attract good talent so um randy my first question we'll dive right in why is it important to diligently attract good talent yeah that's a great question so uh one of the companies uh, i mentioned this last month but one of the companies that i do a lot of work with is chick-fil-a and uh last time on our last uh, episode together, we talked about the power of building a, a, a culture of engagement. Uh, it was one of the things that they, you know, trying to, how do, how do we get in Chick-fil-A's case, a couple hundred thousand teenagers, how do you get them engaged? And they built a great business. But uh, a couple of years ago, one of the things they were struggling with was how to, how to, uh, how to attract top talent. And, and so, you know, if I had any big idea, it actually had risen to the top of their list. The biggest challenge they had was trying to, you know, find and keep great talent. And so if I had any big idea I could share today with small businesses, it would be this. It's, it's the, the team with the best talent is in position to win. We all know that. And yet all of us have, are experiencing this, what, what's being called now a war for talent. It, there's a, you know, how do we find great people? The unemployment rate is the lowest it's ever been. I mean, people have jobs, all this kind of stuff. And so – you know, it's, it's back to your question, you know, how do you attract good talent? What we did is a research project. We, we studied some of the best organizations in the world that, that attract great talent. And we found that there are, there actually are three things that the best people are looking for. And I want to make a distinction between um, acceptable talent and exceptional talent. We're talking about exceptional talent here. You can, you know, the difference in A players and B players, what, what attracts A players to your team? And so uh, I'm not interested in C and B players. I mean, you know, the, the, I had a guy even tell me, you know, the unemployment rate is so low, I can't find anybody. <laughs> I told him, I said, the people you're looking for aren't unemployed. You know, they're, they have jobs. You, you're looking for great people. So how do you create a culture where, where they're attracted? And we, we actually found out that there are some things that are, 
that are true that they're looking for. So I, you know, I'm sharing with you. Uh, if you if you guys want to hear them, it'd be great. So absolutely, that'd be good. Yeah. So the first thing they're looking for uh, is they want to engage leader, which is kind of ironic because that's what we talked about last month. This idea of creating a culture of engagement. But the number one thing that that top talent looks for is is uh, the language we used in the book when we did it was that we, we call it a better boss. They want a they want a boss who's going to be engaged, cares about them as uh, uh, as a person, not just as an employee. And now I know you're I know you're not going to have all access every day to all your people, but if you can't create a culture where your people feel cared for and there's engaged leadership at every level, you may be 10 layers away from your frontline leaders or your frontline people, but are they being led by an engaged leader? So I think owners who really understand that they've got to build engaged leadership all through the organization, they're on the right track. That's that's very attractive to people out there who are saying, uh, you know, we're looking for a place to, to go and work. We use, the, we use the term talent magnet because as you think about a magnet, it draws people. So, if you can create this culture I'm going to describe, we believe that it will cause people who are working somewhere else without engaged leadership to say, that would be a great place to work. How do I get over there? And so that this first one, uh, engaged leadership. So does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So the second one is, uh, it, it, it was interesting. People who are top talent are much more future oriented than people who are typical talent. Let's use that, that word. So a typical talent person is thinking about, their paycheck on Friday, they're thinking about, you know, can, can, can I uh, get somewhere in the next couple of weeks? And I mean, they're, they're not really thinking much about the future. The best people, what the research shows is they're, they're much more future oriented. You and I have a friend, uh, Shane Duffy, who, who lives near you. And Shane always tells me what's now is always about what's later. Mm-hmm. And, and Shane is one of those kind of thinkers who's always thinking about what, you know, what's, what's out there. And, and that's the way top talented people think. They think about, that they're, they're much more future oriented. So the second thing we found was they don't just want a better boss. They want also a brighter future. And so is there a way that I can create within my culture, within my workplace, a place where these employees are going to grow? And if you can create a place where they're going to have a development plan, where they're going to have a, a path where they're going to get, they're going to come work for you. Yes. And they're going to add value to you. Yes. But how can you create a place where they're going to grow and it's going to prepare them not just for the job they have with you, but actually for their next job. Now, that sounds kind of crazy and kind of scary. If I if I bring them here and I put them on this track and I help them grow, are they gonna are they just gonna work here and leave? You know. And at Chick Fil A, it, it's pretty interesting. Uh, they're real great because they they uh, they have a lot of turnover. I mean, they do have a lot of kids that work there, and it's kind of their first a lot of them their first job. But what ends up happening inevitably is this owner will say, "Okay, I'm going to invest in these kids. I'm going to trust this process." And all of a sudden, they get out, and it's time to go work somewhere else. And they'll say, "You know what? I think I actually want to make a career here. I want to. I want to, or at least the first part of my career here." And they'll have people. I had a, I had a lady I talked to a few months back who was a, a person on on Chick Fil A payroll, and she told me she said, "I came here and I told this owner I would give him one year," and she said that was twenty years ago. She said, "I just keep growing. It keeps giving me opportunities, and I've been promoted and had all these opportunities." And she's basically running this business now. And so. I think those owners that understand, yes, I am going to lose some people, but even if I do, I'm creating a better uh, worker while they're here, and I'm actually preparing somebody to go make a difference somewhere else. And that actually makes the world a better place as we have that open-handed mindset and 
and just trust that the right people will come at the right time. And if somebody leaves, it's actually a chance to train somebody else and grow somebody else. So those leaders that have that mindset that I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the leadership development business <laughs> as opposed to manufacturing or, or chicken or whatever these, you know, these companies do, it, it, the, the people who show up every day and say, I'm going to, I'm going to grow people today. It actually, um, it becomes a retention play. Those people don't leave as often. They actually stay. They actually think, why would I want to go somewhere else when I've got somebody here who's developing me and helping me grow so much? So, so again, better boss, brighter future are, are the two, uh, fir first two things that top talented people are hey, looking Maybe If I can, if I can, uh, just, um, interject a thought here. I think that um, a lot of times people in business and we know that we're at uh, we're at incredible times in our country and that unemployment's as low as it's ever been. You know, we all are trying to attract talent. That's what the topic of this podcast is today. But I think the reality is, is that and even myself, a lot of times we try to, we're close handed companies and that we try to hold on to who we've got. And I think what we got to be willing to do and, and, and willing to really embrace this we got to open up our hands right got to train people up and we may be sowing seed that may not be it may not be harvested in the business we're in it may be harvested somewhere else but you know what you're taking what they learn at chick-fil-a or at sergeant metal or where it may be and they're going to be able to go somewhere else and make a difference and they're going to remember the stories that they learned that they were taught growing up and you know what that indirectly helps the culture you're trying to work on internally. So I think we've yeah. got to have open hands, not closed hands, if that makes sense. I, I do. And I think you continue to invest in people. And, and, and you know, there's, I mean, I'm actually a, a Bible reader. I love to read the Bible. And there's an old verse that says you reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. Well, what it doesn't say after that verse is you actually reap later than you sow. You don't, you don't plant your corn in the ground and now you got corn for dinner tonight. You get, it, it takes a while. And sometimes we, I think we begin to sow seeds and we think, okay, well that one left on me. And, but what we don't realize is sometimes we, we actually reap later than we sow, but we reap more than we sow. Sometimes we, we get people that will come and just show up out of the blue, but we've lose somebody, but three more people show up. And I think it's just this abundant mindset. It's what you're describing. And you know, you can either be scarcity mindset or abundant mindset. And I think when you live with open hands and you just say, I'm just going to trust that I, I keep doing the right thing. It's going to attract great people. And if you can create that kind of culture, sure, somebody's going to have to move to Kansas City or to Phoenix or whatever with their spouse. I get that. They're going to leave. But, but they, ought to, they ought to, when they leave, they ought to be thinking, man, I hate that I'm having to leave here, not I'm looking for something else because they don't care about me here. All they care about is, you know, am I, am I doing my job? So I think that the leaders that show up every day thinking, how can I develop my people? They actually keep their people longer than the ones who – just think about how can I get as much out of my people as I can. So it's you're, you're dead on there with that. So hey, what I wrote real big, I'm taking notes as you're talking. We've got as business leaders and owners, we got to grow people. It's got to be one it. of our top priorities. We've got to grow people. Yeah. Well, I, I, I got a friend of mine. He, he leads this multi-million dollar business. And I, I asked him, I said, what do you really do? And he said, I, I'm actually in the leadership development business. And he, he has nothing to do with leaders at all. If you think about it, you look at what he does. He's in kind of a manufacturing little world as well. And, but he, but he shows up every day with that mindset. How can I grow my people? And he said, when I grow my people, my business grows. It just inevitably. So yeah, that's good. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a given. So the third thing we can do to attract people is not just, not just a better boss, brighter future, but it, the, the, the research shows we, 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 um, interviewed over 6,000 people. And, you know, when you see these polls on the news, it's usually a sample of three or 400 people. It's like a national survey of three or 400 people. So that's, 
we had 6,000 leaders we got to talk to. What is it that make, would make you want to go work somewhere that, that would attract you? And they said the third thing was a bigger vision. They want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And you, you, there are some basics that are a given. I didn't mention those. They're table stakes to even attract people, period. A fair wage, a safe place to work, some of those kind of things. You have to pay people fair. But, but what the people we talked to said was, we're actually willing to take even a little less money if we can be a part of something really good, something really big, something bigger than ourselves. And so the best people are thinking about how can they make impact? How can they contribute? How can they be a part of a cause? How can they be a part of a, of a growing company? They want to be, a, they want to be, they want, they're winners. So they want to be a part of something that's winning, you know, and it, it's why it's easy for, you, I mean, you live there near Clemson. It's probably pretty easy for Dabo Sweeney right now to go recruit people. I mean, it's, who, who wouldn't want to play, play there, you know, because they win. But it's that culture of winning that they have that, that makes that happen. And so when we think about, um, you know, our culture, do we have a vision that we can share with people that is compelling to make them think, you know what, we're, we're not just creating uh, economic impact. We're not just creating profits. We're not just winning, you know, hitting our goals. We're also, you know, there's business leaders like yourself, you're creating regional impact and, and you're providing, uh, I mean, I know you guys are so generous to your community and all those kind of places. So when you, when you start thinking about those kinds of things, and this is not just a millennial thing. I mean, a lot of people think, well, that's the way, that's the way millennials think. Some of the things I'm describing. No, the, the research, all 6,000 people, we were, we were like age 15 to 75. I mean, we, we surveyed in all demographics. You give them an engaged leader, a place to grow, and, and a big vision to be a part of, and it's like it's magnetic. They want to come and be a part of that as opposed to being a part of a place where, you know, they're just a, they're just a number or a cog in the wheel. So those things are real big there. No, I think that's great. Hey, so uh, my next question, what is the outcome for small business who attract and keep good talent? Well, I think it goes back to what I said earlier. I think I think the team with the best players is positioned to win. I, I remember years ago, um, <laughs> it was funny when uh, uh, Nick Saban, who who coaches football at Alabama, he was coaching the Miami Dolphins, and I remember when he was trying to decide is he going to take this job or not. And there was a, uh, I was watching this college game day or a wrap-up show one night and Lou Holtz the old coach from Notre Dame uh, in Arkansas he was the host or he was one of the commentators on the show and this guy leans over and says hey Lou do you think Nick should take this job and Lou Holtz says uh he says he absolutely should take the Alabama job and Reese Davis was one who was interviewing him he says why do you think so and he says there's two reasons number one he can't beat the Patriots that was, you know, he's a Dolphins coach, and, he, and so the Patriots were even good. This was 10, 15 years ago. But he said the second reason is this. He says if he goes to Alabama, he's going to have the best players eight out of every ten Saturdays. And and Lou was wrong. Nick has the best players every Saturday. It's, it's it you know. So Alabama's good. They're coached well. They're like, you know, the whole thing. But it Dabo would tell you, if you've got the best players, it's 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 a lot easier to run the play that you want to run. And so the same thing's true for small business. The better team you can get around you, the smarter people you can get, the people who understand your customers, who understand your business, they have the technical skills, the manufacturing skills, the whatever it is, the education, whatever it is you're doing. If you have skilled people, talented people, you just just like that, you separate yourself from the people around you who may have a acceptable team versus your exceptional team. If you can put exceptional talent on your team, man, you're, it's a huge competitive advantage. 
Yeah. You know, if uh, if we've got some of our listeners leaning in, Randy, in there, man, what we've talked about today, you know, the three things, you know, we, you, you want to have a better bot about attracting top talent, A, a and B level people, if you will, you know, you got to have engaged leadership. You got to, you know, you got to show a brighter future and you got to be part of a bigger vision. But if they're sitting there and they're, they're hearing this and they're drinking the Kool-Aid, but they're not doing any of it today. And how do they get started? I mean, well, that, that's, that's what's swimming around their mind right now. You know, well, you that's want, the interesting thing, Tim. So here's what, here's what happened. This, this was actually not, not a surprise, but, but it was a, it was a finding that, that validated something that we, we would have missed had we not done this research. So engage leadership, a path to grow, and, and a big vision. Those things make sense. But you can do all those things in your business. You can have, a, you can have an engaged leadership at every level. You can have a, a, a place or a path for every single person to grow. And you can have a massive vision and still not attract top talent. What we found was there's one thing, there's one other thing that is that is actually the kicker for the whole whole deal, and that is this: you have to tell the story. Mm. And and so I want you to I want you to think about it this way: the people on your payroll are your best talent ambassadors, if you want to think of it that way. The, your talent uh, message, and I've taught this content to thousands of leaders, and and. And at the end, I mean, I'll teach it for, I'll, I'll spend a six hour day teaching an organization how to become a talent magnet. And you'll get to the last session and say to them, okay, you get 90 seconds, get a partner, you get 90 seconds. And I want you to tell them why they should come work for you. And you tell them why they should come work. You know, they do that. And I, and, and I'll, and I mean, I've done this literally, we've had probably 5,000 people go through this. And I'll, at the end of that 90 seconds each, I'll say, okay, how many of you, that person, said, if you come work here, you're going to get a better boss, a brighter future, and a bigger vision. And out of the 5,000, we've had less than 10 people who, who said, after sitting through a day of training, they, they, they said, here's, if you come here, here's what you're going to get. If you, if you don't tell that story, you can, you can tell your story, and you have great heritage and all this, and we're doing all that. That's great. But that is not what the 6,000 people told us they want to hear. They want to hear that if you come here, you're going to get a better boss. You're going to get a brighter future. You're going to get a bigger vision. Now, you don't have to say it in that language. You can say, hey, if you come here, you're going to get a great leader who cares about you. That's great. Put it in your own language. We just use this alliteration for a book. But I, so we had this, I, I was talking to this guy who, uh, he's Chick-fil-A operator out in California. And he said, when he, when he heard this, he started thinking about it. He said, he said we, we changed our Instagram page when we started thinking about attacking people, uh, attracting top people. And we said, well, what? Tell us more about that. And he said, we took down all the pictures of food off of our Instagram page. This is Chick-fil-A. And uh, he said, we, we put pictures of people with their leader in their growth path and, and with our vision, what we're trying to do. He said, the people who come to our Instagram page, they know we have food. But if we want them to know that we have engaged leadership, then we better have pictures of engaged leadership. We want them to know. Yeah. And, and I thought it was so great. He just said, we're going to take it. And our messaging, our website, first place they come, they're going to think about working at Sergeant Metal. Where are they going to go first? They're going to call you? No, they're going to your website. And if your website says we make you know metal and do all this stuff, that's great. But if your website, if there's a if there's a talent button and they click that, and that button doesn't, and any business listen, if it doesn't have something about if you come work here, you're going to have engaged leadership. You're going to, you're going to have a chance to grow, and and you're going to be a part of something really big. If you don't have that as your messaging. 
you get no credit for having that kind of culture if you don't tell that story. So that that was the finding that really was like, whoa, we, we, we would have missed that had we not done all that research. So that there may be some people out there listening saying, man, we've got engaged leadership and we've got a great way for people to grow and we've got, you know, we've got a big vision. But if people don't know that story, they're not going to be willing to leave where they're working now and say, hey, I want to come work over here. So yeah, no credit for for, for the right thing, if you don't, if, if people, if there's not awareness, you get no credit. So yeah, man, I think that, that's outstanding. Yeah. Hey, um, are there any resources available for our listeners to learn more about the topic that you've unpacked today in regards to talent? Yeah, we, we wrote a book. Um, uh, Mark Miller wrote a book, uh, talent magnet, and then he and I did a field guide and a quick start guide around this idea. And, and they can pick those up at integrateleadership.com uh, If they're interested in, in that at all, they can, you know, they can, they can, pick those books up. They're great resources. And we also do a, if you're, if you're leading a business, you know, and you've got a, uh, the ability to say, Hey, we want to, I mean, there are some businesses that are, that are bigger that say we want to build a, a talent rich culture and become talent magnet organization. We do workshops and, and uh, training around that and then uh, consulting days, whatever, you know, this depends on the organization, what they're looking for. So there's all kinds of resources out there. I would say uh, one of the keys to, to this is it starts with engagement. We talked about this last month and, and I'd love if they didn't pick up a copy of our, of our win the heart quick start guide, which is about building a culture of full engagement. We'd love to give them a free copy of that. They can text the word care to three, three, seven, seven, seven. I think you'll put that in the show notes too. And, and uh, we'll, we'll make sure they get that, but three, three, seven, 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 if they'll text the word care, we'll give them a free digital quick start guide and keep it in their phone. And it gives them all kinds of ideas and tactics on how to, build an engaged culture. And that's step number one is to become an engaged leader. So uh, hopefully that'll be helpful. Yeah, no, that's great. Hey, so as we close, as we start to close down our podcast today, what's one piece of advice that you would give our listeners today? Yeah, I would say uh, maybe when I, when I, when I think about leadership, maybe the best piece of advice that I've received is is your capacity to grow determines your capacity to lead. I think there's, there's just huge truth in that. When, when, when leaders are growing, organizations are growing. And if you think about your organization, you feel like you've plateaued a little bit. Chances are it's not, it's not I mean, we know the market's red hot right now. People are looking for products and services. But if, if my organization has plateaued, it might be because I as a leader have plateaued. And so, by definition, your business can't outgrow your leadership. And so I would just say to the leaders who listen, I know you've got a lot of people who, who listen, uh, who lead a lot of cool stuff. Don't, don't forget to lead yourself first. Don't forget to make sure you're growing. If you're growing, your organization will be growing because growing people grow stuff, right? So it's, it's the old, uh, we all heard it, but uh, you know, I'm on airplanes a lot and the flight attendant will always stand up and say, if, if there's an issue and those oxygen masks come down, make sure you put your own mask on first and then you can help the people around you. And I think, I think for leaders, it's just a great picture of make sure you're taking care of yourself first. Make sure you're growing you because your, your capacity to grow really does determine your capacity to lead. If you'll take care of you, you'll be able to help and take care of people around you. So yeah, I, that would be my advice. I think that's great. And I talked about this in our, in some previous podcasts, but I think as leaders, we got to know ourselves to lead ourselves. Sure. And once we know that, then we can lead others. I think that's important. And, and as leaders, and Randy, your piece of advice last month, which really is so important even to me, we cannot get complacent. You know, that's right. If we're in the leadership seat in our businesses, we cannot get complacent because if we do, everything else is going to go by 
super fast, and before we know it, we're going to say, what happened? So I think it's just continuing to be hungry as a leader, and I know I personally am, and I hope and pray I'll continue, always continue to be because, you know, grow. and I, I wrote this down, you know, the capacity to grow determines your capacity to lead, and I yeah. still want to grow even, you know, even in my role today, so I think that's super important. Yeah, before we jump off, let me say thank you to you because I know you always thank the people who come on your show, but I want to thank you for continuing to – to just surface all these big ideas for small business because you really help us all as you do that. So thank you, Tim, for all you do. Well, thank you, Randy. Hey, and Randy, thank you for being our guest again. Two months in a row has been awesome. Hey, Randy, if you will, will you, um, if people want to get in touch with you, you know, I know I'm, I'm connected to you guys with integrate leadership, but if, if there's some things, how people get in touch with you, how, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, the best way really is just they can email me, randy at randygravit.com. Uh, if they'll just email me, I will get back with them. And uh, they can check out our company website, Integrate Leadership, I-N-T-E-G-R-E-A-T, leadership.com. And, uh, or they can catch me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at randygravit. So, yeah, love to hear from anybody. And, and uh, if we can do anything to help serve your community, that'd be great. Oh, that sounds good. All right, hey, I, I want to remind you, again, Randy gave all of us uh, you know, a, a free kit. So you can text CARE to 33777, you know, for the uh, quick start kit. I think that's what that's called, right? That's it's the Win the Heart Quick Start Guide, a little 60-page, yeah. uh, but it's just packed full of ideas. It'll be really great for your, for your team as you try to build a culture of engagement. Yeah, that sounds good. Hey, everyone, thanks for turning in, tuning in today. Everyone, take care and God bless. If you'd like to continue the journey with us, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. If there's specific topics you'd like to hear, be sure to put that in the comments as well. We'll be launching a new podcast on the first Wednesday of every month. If you know others that would get benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it with them and we'll be seeing you guys next month.